This episode of the Policy Viz podcast is brought to you by Juice Analytics. Juice is the company behind Juicebox, a new kind of platform for presenting data. It's a platform designed to deliver easy-to-read interactive data applications and dashboards. Juicebox turns your valuable analyses into a story for everyday decision makers. For more information on Juicebox or to schedule a demo, visit juiceanalytics.com. Welcome back to the Policy Viz podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. I'm here with Shaquin Gonzalez-Vieira, editor of Guardian Visuals, the Guardian newspaper. Yes. That's fair. Guardian newspaper in London. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Really happy to be here. I'm glad we can able to hang out. I've also found out this week that you're a good hugger, so that's yeah. good to know. It's good to know. I have all this, <laughs> now I have all this personal information. This is good. Um, <laughs> so... Can we start by having you sort of describe, well, I think people know sort of what the Guardian Visuals does, but maybe right. talk a little bit about, is there sort of a specific angle you try to take when it comes to telling the, the stories that you do? And then what is the makeup of the team? How does that work? Yeah. So I'll start with the makeup of the team yeah. is the easier part. So well, I think it was like uh, August or so, 2014, Aaron was making the rounds in the U.S., talking to newsrooms because he was he had been recently hired by by The Guardian, to be the executive editor for, for digital. They wanted to emphasize the fact that they're a digital-first newspaper. Right. Well, a digitally-led newspaper, uh, you can call it yeah. that. Well, he sent me a few emails. He wanted to know what my thoughts were on how to articulate a, a visual theme because he wanted to have something very peculiar mm-hmm. for The Guardian. So in that conversation... We realized that the the structure that NPR has, mm-hmm. where the graphics, interactives, and photo desk are under under the same umbrella, and it was something that we thought that the New York Times needed to like that, that visuals umbrella, and they're they're actually kind of going on onto right. that direction. That organizational that, structure, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if organizationally they're changing it like that, but but for sure they, the way they're you're thinking of their stories and of their projects, it follows some the same logic. Right. They think about the stories in a holistic uh, all, with way. With all the skill sets. Yes. And, right, okay. So, yeah, we thought that that was, the, that was the way to go. So we merged. He was there, and we were managing when would I join in. And the first thing he, he did was basically say, look, interactives and graphics and photo. And we borrowed some people from multimedia, mm-hmm. the people that were doing interactive uh, documentaries, and people that were doing motion graphics because it was like, yeah, it makes sense that you guys are are here. And we put them under that umbrella before I even... You were at the Times at that, at that yeah, point. No, right? I was at Nagio. Okay, uh, Nagio, right, right, right. And then he announced that I was going to be the one leading that, right. that team. And it really is uh, a dream job. And we were lucky to be able to hire... A really interesting mix of skills, mm-hmm. and it's been fantastic so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's always so far. Yeah. So was it sort of poaching people from these other? There teams? was a lot of poaching. It's a lot of poaching to yeah. build to build sort of a new thing. Yeah. And so it may not be well liked. Right, right. But the people who are left, left is a maybe a harsh term, but yeah. the people who are in those groups, those are the groups that are doing the publication for print. And for other pieces, or when you took those people into your digital yeah. media, like the people that are left over in photography in the media, what is their? What is no, their no. Role? So, so everyone from the photo desk, oh, everyone came, came over, yeah, right? Came over, and people in the there's a there's a bunch of people in the graphics desk 
that are the ones that are still produced to print. Yeah. So we're across, across all the platforms. whole board. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Now, we've talked a little bit earlier about the difference between the desktop yes. production and mobile production. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what you've seen over the last few years at The Guardian? And what is the, does the process differ between creating for desktop, creating for mobile? How does all that work? So it depends. The, so what we're trying to do now is basically be actually be a mobile first uh, operation. So in, um, in multiple projects, as I explained uh, in, in one of the, the talks, like the, the build your own coalition, mm -hmm. it was thought from the beginning as a thumb mm -hmm. uh, game, right. uh, a game for the phone. And there's a bunch of like the Mekong River interactive documentary was thought first as a mobile interactive documentary, right. which I think was like a, a first. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Or at least in, in, in newspapers or news media. And when you say mobile first, are you thinking about the smallest phone that you can think of? Like you're thinking phone well, and not tablet. Phones. The, well, smartphones. Smart yeah. Small, like the smallest screen. Yeah, small screen. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, we even thought of vertical video, which mm -hmm. we had already done a couple of times before. We thought of the fielding, thought of the, of the card system that interactive documentary follows. The, the main story is vertical swiping. The add-ons to to some parts mm -hmm. are uh, horizontal um, swiping. Right. And the the desktop was a well. How to translate now this to the desktop? Right. And Dan Lauder, absolutely great interactive designer, very young from the Netherlands, that, that's in the team, mm -hmm. uh, came up with the layout for, for the, the desktop, desktop version. And it's pretty much like a scrolly telling sort of thing. Sort right. of experience with auto playing videos. And it's it's great, but it was thought of as a mobile, mobile first. first interactive document. So the mobile first you can go vertically and then when you get to certain points in the story yeah. you can go horizontally. Yeah. And then it, does it bring you back when you get uh, to the end of the horizontal? Does you can it, you can go back go by, by swiping. Right. When you move vertically it moves you to the first, to the first, uh, first of the next right. Right. Do you see different behaviors in people? I mean, it's a different, you now have sort of two different projects, so it's yeah. sort of hard to compare what people are doing. But what, what are you observing about people who are actually using the two different platforms? So on some uh, projects, we've even seen that because the, the mobile was very thought through, we see that they spend more time on the phone than on, oh, right. on desktop, which is kind of like yeah. insanely surprising. Yeah. But if you think about them, I don't, I don't, rem I don't have the... The numbers off the top of my head, mm -hmm. but I, I think that the coalition builder was a longer time spent on the phone than on desktop. But I cannot, you can't. Yeah, don't hold me. And what what share of the do you know the share of the total that's doing mobile versus desktop? So it's it's about fifty fifty mm -hmm. at the Guardian in general, and I think it bumps up to seventy percent sometimes uh, over the weekend. Yeah. So we cannot take frivolous uh, no, absolutely. the fact that we need to right. move on to a mobile first right. iteration. Our CMS, the preview of our CMS, mm -hmm. now is mobile first, oh. which changes completely yeah. the way sub-editors and editors think about what the reader is going is right. to get. Right. The only way of going up to the desktop is saying, yeah, I've checked the, mm -hmm. there's a tick mark that you need to tick mm -hmm. and say, yes, I've checked the, the mobile. Wow. So, I mean, the workflow has clearly changed when you start yeah. thinking mobile first. I mean, are there major changes that you've seen when you start thinking mobile first instead of desktop first? We're still figuring, figuring it out. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it, is, it is a change of... There, there are interactions that you, you think of as a given 
that don't exist on mm-hmm. on the phone. I was talking to John Stasco on the bus, and he was like, "Yeah, but you don't have hovers, and that's a very yeah. like needed and and used way of revealing more more data." And yeah, you have to make some compromises, but yeah, right. it's it's a limitation of the yeah of the of the, of the, medium, of yeah. the medium right of the device. So we talked a little bit about um, ethics when it comes to data, comes to data journalism. What are the things that you think about most when it comes to being an organization that, you know, your sort of reputation is built yeah. on, you know, being responsible with the data? I'm very lucky of working with Helena Bankston, mm. who is uh, from whom I've learned a lot mm. uh, about data journalism. And, and of course, Aaron Pilhoffer as well. Sure. Helena is the the one that is running the data team of mm-hmm. the, the show. And it's really interesting to to see how, of course, we take uh, into account the, the representation of the data. Is it fair to what the data says? Mm-hmm. Will Franklin, who created the Unaffordable Country uh, Visualization sure. at Apple, are, who are both very young, um, where we're very concerned we, were, we weren't showing the wealth of data that that we had, and like we explained them, the, the editorial reasons why we weren't showing like the 19 million records. Yeah, but in the end, we found we found a compromise by showing distribution for each postcode. Yeah, so uh, this is a this is just for listeners who may haven't seen it. Right, it's a story and a tool really that you can use to look at housing prices around the UK. Yeah, right. since 1995. Right. Okay. The key is that it changed from having an average salary or median salary sorry mm. well actually i don't remember what it was <laughs> from being able to afford a very high percentage of of the country to be able to afford just like six percent of yeah, the country right and it was a very powerful story in right. there right what are the responsibilities you sort of feel when it comes to documenting the data work that you've done like uh researchers right have you know they go they have a 30 page paper and they're documenting yeah. all the all the methods and data journalism seems you know they have a data set do some work Write the story and on to the next thing. Um, we're pretty good at writing our methodology. Mm-hmm. And Helena wrote the methodology for this piece. And Will talked about some of the things he had done with, uh, with data because he was responsible for the cleaning and mm-hmm. the mashing of certain... There were, there were some either missing records or uh, records that were clearly uh, mistakes in the, yeah. in the data. And he was responsible for some of the refinement. But we had a, a methodology that we published. Right. So publish alongside story. for yeah, those yeah, who yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you teamed up with researchers or with other uh, scholars who may be working with big data? And, you know, do you say, who? that would be an actually, like, interesting yeah, so, story. Uh, I, I don't think it's been published, but we did work with a couple of teams on data about pollution around Hydro. Okay, yeah. And I don't know if it was because one of the Kaling Bar in the data team knew those scientists mm-hmm. or if someone else knew them or if they approached us, but it was a, yeah, they were collecting that or they, they were collecting it or they had collected they, that data right. and came to us saying like, we have all this interesting stuff. This may be a right. story. So when you talk to researchers or even analysts who may not be journalists or storytellers by trade, yeah. is there a common thread that you see and trying mm-hmm. to get them to like think about or tell stories or do you just say, Hey, don't worry about it. We'll take the data and go from here. Uh, well, lots of them are very protective of, uh-huh. of their data. Of course, it's yeah, their, it's their, <laughs> their, baby. their work, right? Yeah. And you have to be very careful not to give the wrong impression that you're going to just like make a very narrow focus on, yeah. 
or make, make a very narrow interpretation of that data. But sometimes if the point of the story is very narrow and you know that they're, they're not going to be comfortable, you just tuck it through right. uh, to a point where they are actually yeah, yeah, comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but it, it takes some time to get us to understand why, to put ourselves in their shoes and for them to understand that our mission is different than their mission. Yeah. And do they get nervous about you trying to find the story in the data? As we said, we, 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 a bunch of times, we've, uh, when I was at National Geographic, we've collaborated with them mm -hmm. in the process of finding the story. Finding the story. Yeah. And then do they go back and then have you talked to them sort of after that whole process and they go back and maybe they go back to the research with a different perspective? And, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And tell their stories and maybe a Yeah. It's, kind of, it's, it's, it's fascinating when they, at National Geographic, we have witnessed that it's a process that takes a long time and... Uh, daily newspapers don't have the luxury of working for such a long period of time on this. But a magazine like National Geographic, which can be working for years yeah, on, on, on a story, story. can right. can do it. So let's wrap up with another sort of bigger question, which is what are the sort of levels of stories that you're telling? So you've got sort of like the short, maybe the short piece with a static graph all the way to like the Mekong River, which is sort of yeah. more immersive. Well, first question, I guess, is what's more fun for you? Usually the, the bigger undertakings are yeah. more fun because you want to bring a fresh perspective on either a topic that people have already touched or you're trying just to find an angle or visualization that gives people a different perspective on it or mm -hmm. like makes them have that aha moment or that like, well, uh, I hadn't thought about it this way. Right. But some of the small daily charts have their fun as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you are willing to spend a little bit of extra time yeah. to give to, them to the give proper it. love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So last question. So where do you see both, uh, Guardian going, you know, over the next year or two, and within the larger data journalism field, do you see bigger shifts coming? I mean, we've seen over the last few years real big shifts in terms yeah. of data and data visualization. Are there be new changes in the types of medium that people are getting their news from, or techniques that you use? I'm not sure. I'm like, uh, we're now. I think we're gonna we're gonna start seeing more fun stuff doing with data collected with mobile devices or, uh, or with wearables. Yeah. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more interesting things along those lines. Uh, I cannot see super huge shifts in The Guardian, the mm. way things look right now. Yeah. 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 I mean, of course, there, there may be the industry is not like it's. Yeah, it's moving. Yeah, yeah, it's moving and we will move with it. We won't reverse the way yeah. We operate. Do you still anticipate sort of a, an upward trend in the share of mobile users? Yeah. I'm seeing yeah. a drop in print users. Yeah. <laughs> We've been seeing it for decades. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that all of a sudden people are going to stop looking at their phones for... Does the newer sort of laptops that are more touchscreen, that's still sort of, that's sort of like designing for the desktop, yeah. but is the touchscreen on a, on a bigger screen change the way you think about designing stories? They're so... Yeah. I mean, they're so small as a percentage of what our yeah, audience right. has that at the moment right at the moment yeah. we're not if all of a sudden in one year or two years they are the thing that people use yeah. Yeah, of course you have to make a shift but it won't be a tough shift because we're already covering mobile tablet and right. desktop so and thinking mobile first yeah right. interesting cool okay. thanks for coming sure it was good that to was, talk. it was nice talking to you it's always fun and thanks, everyone, for listening. Appreciate it. Let me know if you have any questions or comments. 
And I will put all the links to these uh, great projects from Guardian on the website. So until next time, this has been the Policy Biz Podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. This episode of the Policy Viz podcast is brought to you by Juice Analytics. For 10 years, Juice has been helping clients like Aetna, the Virginia Chamber of Commerce, Notre Dame University, and U.S. News and World Report create beautiful, easy-to-understand visualizations. Be sure to learn more about Juicebox, a new kind of platform for presenting data at juiceanalytics.com. And be sure to check out their book, Data Fluency, now available on Amazon.